to your potential. Inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. Okay, episode 31. We are so glad to talk to you today. Complicated dating situations. Is it workable or is it a red flag? Really good questions. So we've got quite a bit to talk about today. Sharon's on it. So I'm going to let her take over. And I will, of course, interrupt when I want. Of course. <laughs> we we love your interruptions. We love your insights. Okay. Um, this is coming from a lot of coaching sessions, a lot of questions about are some of these things a red flag, um, both coming from the person and coming from the person they're trying to date. But the first one was long distance, and that actually came from a question we put out there. And someone's like, I want to know how to do a long distance relationship. So we're going to start with that one, and then we're going to get into more complicated, some more complicated things, which should be so much fun, right, Peggy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This part of our life, yes. Yes. Um, Long distance. First, number one thing is you have to take a lot of time. Time. And I mean a span of time more than four seasons in a road trip, because you need to gather a whole lot of information. You need to know this person really, really well. So this means more than fun weekends as well. It's great to go for a fun weekend when nobody's working, when nobody's thinking about working, everybody's happy. You're of course got something fun planned. You're not just going to sit around making schmoopy faces at each other, right? Schmoopy faces. Yes, Peggy's favorite, schmoopy faces. Anyways, um, you need to be there for real life. What are they like when they come home from work? What are they like when their kid brings home a bad report card? Does their garbage pile up for two weeks before they take it out? You need to see real life. So that means spending a week at a time sometimes, and they need to spend a week with you. This also means meeting people that know them, their friends, Mm -hmm. their family, you need to see the their relationship interactions. This is a very important piece. Because a lot of people just it's just hard to tell over long distance. Um, And spend as much time right face to face as you can, like watching them when you communicate. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. yes. I mean, yeah. And I, I recommend FaceTime, Zoom. I mean, all those, you can get 45 minutes on Zoom for free. You can sign up for free Zoom. Um, yes, you need to see how they react. Are they being reactive? Are they rolling their eyes? Because that would be contempt already. And you're just dating. So you need to do that. And plus, you can call that date night, because you're not together a lot. And so you can still have a regular date night, which is recommended and eat pizza together or watch the same movie while you're on FaceTime so you can talk about it. So yeah, that's actually super fun. You know, yeah, done that before. Yeah, Yeah. just make it really, really fun. Um, My daughter had this cute friend in high school, and her boyfriend went to Idaho for college, and she stayed here. And he would order her pizzas for their date night, and have it delivered. (laughs) And they would eat pizza together for date nights when they couldn't be together. And it was just, I mean, oh, they, they, that is they, sweet. they made it cute and fun. So just remember lots of time and lots of information. Okay. It's a and good I, opportunity to get to know each other really like from the inside out over the phone and on zoom and everything, but you do need to see what they are like in person. 
Right. Remember, you're gathering information. We're yes, kind of because this is what we're doing. This is what dating right. is Right. And it's not secret. It's just we're all figuring things out, right? Yeah. So this is yeah. good. And, you know, most people aren't going to be keeping secrets and things, but every once in a while you run across a person that isn't being completely honest. My um, cousin's ex-wife married a guy long distance and his ex-wife contacted her right before the wedding and said, he beat me. He beat me, you know, badly. And um, she decided to marry him anyways, because he told her, um, oh, that's my past. I've gotten help. I would never do that. You know, I'm not a violent person anymore. Well, two months out of after their marriage, um, he beat her and put her in the hospital. Oh, God. And so, yeah. So this is why we gather information. What are they like when they're mad? You know, because everything's happy when you don't see each other. Absence just makes the heart grow fonder, right? This is kind of fantasy land. So it is important to be careful in long distance relationships. Keep that in mind. And they have where I, I know friends who have done long distance and they've made it work. Um, Actually, there was a couple that started talking and they would talk like every day. Like they had the kinds of jobs where they could talk while they were working sometimes. And so they would have, they would just be talking a lot and they spent a lot of time together and a lot of just regular daily in and out kind of time together. And that's not doable for a lot of us, but, and their relationship's been fantastic and they've been married for a long time now, but so it is doable, but it is absolutely be cautious. Yes. And I just want to say, I have to say this because when you talked about the example of the guy that beat his wife. Um, that's a, if, if, if an ex comes to you and says something like that, and then you confront the, the, the guy or the one that you're supposed to be married to, and they said, oh yeah, that's in the past. That is cautious. I would be super cautious if they say, oh yeah, I've gotten over that. I would start exploring because if they kind of admit it, that is huge, like back up. Well, I would think that would be something they would disclose in the beginning. You know, you might, you might hear things from my family and that was, you know, I, I got violent with my ex-wife, but I've been through therapy and I'm super happy and I'm really in a good place with where I'm at. Yeah, And you th- know? this is when you ask more questions. Yes. Yes. There's not too many questions. You can ask more and more and more questions because yes. you're still investigating. So I just had to say that. This should not be something you're hearing about, you know, any kind of addiction or mental illness should not be something you should be hearing about a month before the wedding or weeks before the wedding. Absolutely. Just FYI, oh. which is a yeah. good segue to our next next subject, which is mental illness. I've had people ask me, I suffer from mental illness. Is this a red flag for people? Or I've had people ask me, this person I'm dating um, suffers from mental illness. Is this a red flag? Well, I'm going to tell you this could be a red flag because mental illness, there's a lot of really good functioning people on, you know, on good medications and who are working with their mental illness. But it can be really, really bad as well. And so mental it can be illness, really, really tricky. Yes, too. Mental illness requires monitoring. So my personality, and I was married to Mr. Bipolar, um, and he was getting help from his family practitioner. His family practitioner was prescribing his meds. Okay, I'm going to say first off, that's a no. That's a no. They need to be under the care of a psychiatrist if they are serious about their mental illness and about um, staying um, functional and happy and healthy. They need to be um, monitored. They need help. I tell everybody, you know, 
check in on your mentally ill friends even because they need help and monitoring. So I'm, I'm kind of an independent chick now because I've been single a really long time and I'm not overly nurturing. So this would not be a good fit for me, but somebody who's like a nurse or somebody who has that nurturing personality could really make it work with a person with mental illness because it does get complicated. They do need different meds. They need meds change. They need med, you know, they need um, bigger dosages. They need to be monitored. But like I said, there are many wonderful people out there who are living happy, healthy lives with mental illness. You yeah. And the that? thing, I think the thing that also is that you need to really be aware of is, are they really taking care of it? Are they just saying they're taking uh-huh. care of it and not really? Are they on their meds, but then they have periods where they decide they don't need them anymore because that can be a big, yes. big, big problem. So there, and there are some diagnoses out there that that is the case. They think they're doing fine. They get off. I think bipolar is yes. that way and they get off their meds and go, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then they dive and it just becomes, it's, it's very ro- complicated. It's a roller coaster. It is a, it's roller, a roller coaster. coaster. And most of you know, my husband ended his life. And when I went and looked in his cupboard, he was missing for five days and I called the doctor's office and found out which prescription he should have been on. There were five different bottles of pills. He was not on his pills correctly. When he was saying it's not working, the doctor would just prescribe him something different, which is, which makes them crazier sometimes. I don't want to use the word crazy. We're going to talk about that later, which literally made it harder for him to function switching meds as often as he did. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that was probably a large um, piece of the suicide was that he just couldn't get on the right med. He wasn't regulating properly. So mental illness is tricky. It's doable. um, But this is another situation where you have to get a lot of information. What is the history? What is the history there? How, you know, I mean, is the divorce because of the mental illness or is it because of something else? So you, this is another information gathering subject. Well, actually right. they kind of all are. Because they all are. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there there's something too, because in my family, we also deal with ADHD and that can be a real stressor on a relationship. Yes. And so, and that's, I wouldn't consider that mental illness. I would just consider that you know, the, some of the, the mental stressors we have on us. So just be aware, yes. be aware when you're, when you're, when you're stepping into some of this stuff. And I also, there's also um, hoarding and which yes. is like an OCD, OCD. thing. And yes. some people might have some OCD. So you just gotta be cautious. You gotta be kind of just a little bit smart information about this because, stuff. You, know, you take the good with the bad in every situation and every relationship, nobody's going to be perfect. You're not going to get the shiny, perfect model, especially with us. We're getting beaten battered, <laughs> beaten battered model a little bit. Um, even if people are widowed and had a good marriage, like they've been through a lot, right? We're all in this situation right now where it's like, you know, most of us are going to get a little bit of a fixer upper. And so hopefully (laughs) they've done a lot of the fixing themselves. So just information gathering. Um, The next subject is addiction. Okay, I get a lot of questions about addiction. And in our culture, not necessarily um, drugs and alcohol, although that is a thing, but a lot of people want to know about porn addiction. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, and you have every right to ask, and you have every right to ask questions. Um, Anybody recovering from an addiction um, needs to be recovering in recovery for a really long time. Um, Absolutely. Six months 
is an accomplishment, but, but it, not enough. It's not enough time. There's, There's not enough um, of a track record. And, you know, get some information. You need to know that most addicts are medicating another problem. They're having some other problem, whether that is mental illness, whether it's um, the death of a spouse, they're dealing with there's other crap involved. And that's why they're medicating themselves. And if you don't think people can medicate themselves with sex and porn, you are wrong. And absolutely sexual addictions are they say are harder to get over than even drugs and alcohol. So that is a that is a slippery slope. It's a sticky situation. Um, but just make sure that they are in recovery for a really long time. And again, meet their friends and family, gather information, you know, and ask questions, mm-hmm. like yeah. ask questions. So this is a specialty that I've worked with before, which is um, um, I work specifically with women. That was the, that was the the company I worked with was specifically working with women whose um, husbands or partners or former partners were sex addicts and had narcissistic or had narcissistic tendencies with narcissistic abuse. So it is a it is a grim situation when you um, are dating someone. Well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say it, it's a grim situation. It's just that the statistics are really not great in favor of people who overcome sex addiction if they've been doing it for a long time. So a lot of times we run into people who have been addicted since they were in their early teens. And so those are those things you need to understand. You need to be asking how recently have you done it? How Mm -hmm. often have you done it? How many hours a day have you done it? You need you be specific because you want to have that information before you get emotionally involved with someone. And this is, again, when you need to ask yourself, do I want a healthy relationship? Because most of us wouldn't say, yeah, I think I want a complicated relationship. Yeah, I've already been. In, I've already been in one. I've already been in a complicated. Oh, let's jump in. We had another. a lot, really hard time, and yes, I'm gonna. I'm you gonna know, say yes to this. Yeah, not to belittle anybody's hard situation, but right. really, when you go into the dating situation, you do want a healthy relationship. And if you're finding situations that are not conducive to a healthy relationship, you need to, you know, set some boundaries or just get out. You just yeah, but information is going to be your friend in these situations. Absolutely. Okay. And that includes spiritual promptings. Yes. yes. Stay in line, stay in line with the gospel, yes. stay in line with the spirit, yes. have that connection. Yeah. For sure. All right. Troubled children. I hear about this one a lot. My girlfriend or my boyfriend has her bum of a son living in the basement. He's not motivated. He might have, he might be on the spectrum. But she or he just enables this child who's an adult, you know, they're 26 years old, they shouldn't be there, blah, 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 blah. The troubled children thing. Um, It's a big one. It's a big one. It is a big one. You know what this says to me? It says to me that there is an imbalance in the person I'm dating. If they're enabling Mm -hmm. an adult child like this, it's a, for me, that's a big red flag. Yes. Like. They've got stuff they are not willing to take care of. And that's going to be a big problem between you and them. Yes. And I think a lot of times, um, I'm going to say especially women, but I'm men are included. And I don't ever think I'm I'm 
favoring one pronoun or the other. Um, but um, the other. But um, women will enable a child to stay with them because they're lonely. Not the child, the parent. Because literally, the way life is supposed to go is you have your babies, you raise your babies, you teach your babies, and then you send your babies off into the world. Very well prepared because we're all perfect moms, right? Yeah. We're all perfect parents. But this is how it's supposed to go. So this is a, not a natural situation. Um, enabling is bad. And this is the thing. You marry who you date. If you think after you're married, that woman is going to send this disabled child at this point, this enabled child that has lived off her or him or whatever, you think they're going to send them off into the world unprepared no. and just like that, they no. are not. And a lot of divorces happen when I talk about people's divorces. Well, she couldn't get rid of her bum of a son in the basement. You know, it just became a source of contention, you know. So if this is your situation, it's like you get that child, you get that adult prepared for life, <laughs> that late bloomer. <laughs> You yeah, get those, are, those are that. That's part of the information gathering yeah. is how do they interact with their kids? Do they have healthy relationships? Mm -hmm. Are they holding healthy boundaries? Are they able to do the challenging thing, which is to give them the boundaries and kick them out or whatever it yes. is? Now, there's situations that come up. We're not saying that if someone's adult child is living with them, there's that's an immediate red flag. No, no. but find out more information. That must be the 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 phrase for today. Find out more information. Find out yes. more information. Yes, gathering information. Well, that is what dating is all about, anyways. But these are all just questions. So hopefully, we're getting some helpful tips in here because literally, you cannot tell someone to get rid of their child. It's just, isn't, no. it's, it's not going to work. I mean, you can try to help them or whatever, but this situation, I've seen it break up several marriages. So just be careful with that one. Okay. Parental alienation. This is the saddest situation. This is the saddest situation, but I have had, I have dated men and I'm sure there's women who I'm sure it's opposite that have, that have asked me, you know, I mean, point blank, my kids will not speak to me. You know, yeah. is this a red flag? And it honestly, you know, it depends on the situation. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know what parental alienation is, it's when one parent starts turning the children against the other parent to the point that those kids will not go see the other parent. And it's usually the primary parent, but it happens in any situations. I ran into a lady at like Maurice's clothing store who she was working there and started dumping her problems on me. I'm like, never take more than five things into the dressing room. <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> she, she starts telling me their stepdad, her, that she had five children. The father of her children died when they were little and their stepdad all took them and they're all adults, but they favor the stepdad and they don't speak to her. And what a sad situation. Oh, that is such a sad situation. But for young children, um, they can be bullied without even knowing it by the custodial parent not to go see the other parent. And this is sad because especially children under 10 who can't express their feelings, who really aren't good at that, they're not good at processing information. And so right. they're going to believe. And, you know, and then older children, they're going to watch 
you know, the primary parent be a bully to the other parent. And they're like scared of the primary parent, even though they're not conscious of it, maybe because they can see that kind of behavior. And so usually the meanest person wins in a bully situation because, you know, people fear them. Right. And the thing about the thing, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners understand this, but I want to reiterate this. The safe parent is the one who gets dumped on by the kids. Yes. The safe parent may be the one who's being alienated. Mm -hmm. That may not be true. It may be that, like, I can imagine a situation where I might be dating a man and he may be hiding um, from me that he's actually the one that has destroyed the relationship with the kids. And he's saying it was his ex-wife that did it. So gather information, follow your gut, listen. Yes, but there's some Um, cues. There's some cues you can take. There are cues. Yes. There are cues. So... Um, just be, just be aware of that possibility. And like, I've dated someone and when I started dating him, he, all three of his girls were alienated from him. And it was, I don't know, a year after his divorce. And within a few months, they were all back. He, things had shifted and they finally confessed that, that, you know, they understood what was going on, but they were scared, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so that shifted and that's different. Yes. That's different, but just be aware of those possibilities. Right. So if you're in this situation and like, let's say you're dating a man that says my children have been alienated from me. Well, things you can watch for, does he have friends? Or is he kind of a loner? If he's kind of a loner, there's a lot of times there's, you know, it's a situation where he's a loner because he's been alienated by his friends and family because there was an abusive situation. Uh Now, most parents, if there's an abusive situation with the other parent, they need to get authorities involved. They need to not take care of it themselves. You know? Right. And you can, if I'm correct, if I'm correct on this, Sharon, can't you look up some of this stuff online? Isn't some mm-hmm. of this stuff like if somebody has a restraining order against yes. them, that is there's public information. Yes. There's a few things. So, so if someone is telling you this person has a restraining order on them, look it up. And yes. that's, of course, a big red flag. Right. Um, watch for anger. Okay. If uh, so, if somebody's doing the alienating, oh, my kids can't see their their dad because. Um, he just makes them uncomfortable. There's been an abusive situation there and he's, he just makes it uncomfortable and everybody agrees. And my kids don't see their dad. Watch that person. How angry are they when they talk about that? Do they get all riled up and huffy and everything? Because guess what? Eventually that ex-spouse is going to go away and that's going to get turned on you. So we're talking about unresolved anger. Yes. Yes. So watch, so watch the personalities on both sides. It is not a red flag. If you have been alienated from your children, but I'm going to tell you, when alienation starts, that's when you get on it. If it starts happening, don't wait. Don't wait a year. I haven't seen my kids for a year. I should do something about it. No, a year is a really long time to fill these kids with um, delusions and, you know, really bad things. So um, get on the alienation immediately. Okay, my ex has kept me from my kids three times now, you know. Get somebody else involved, a mediator, the court, whatever it is, because it will go south really, really fast. My brother had to take his ex to court three times. And in the third time, the judge said, lady, if I see you here again for this, I will put you in jail. 
like the judge was tired of seeing it. So just get on that. You know, the situations can be avoided because well, a lot of times the kids come back around when they're adults because they can see what's going on. But that is a horrible situation for your children to be in. Not just you, but your children. Your children should not be in that situation. Right. Exactly. I was going to say something and I lost that thought. Uh, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> oh, also, I was going to say, I know I know a guy who, who suffered, uh, you know, he let it happen, but he was very consistent in contacting his children regularly. And um, eventually his youngest came around and we'll have a relationship with him now, now that he's an adult. So there are things you can do, but yeah, get some professional help with this when it first starts, because it is a really horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. And I think, I think if you're dating someone that is not taking action on this, that says something about them. Yeah. You know, they might have some great excuses, but is that, I mean, think about that. Right. Is there, you know, what, what, what are they saying? What are they doing? Are they taking action? Right. What are they trying to do? You know, and I've, I've met several men that have been in this situation and they still keep trying to reach out. They still, you know, and maybe they have to put a credit card down to take, you know, the legal action they need to get their kids back, whatever. And I want to say one other thing too, because I don't want to, I don't, I I could just hear in my head, I can, I can hear somebody listening to this podcast and going, well, well, he, he made it, he put a restraining order on me, but it was him that actually caused the problem. And you know what I mean? That can also happen too, where somebody has a restraining order on them that was manipulated because it was manipulative. So just, you got to look for a lot of different clues. So Yes, but legal action should be taken in this situation. And like you said, if they're doing nothing, if they're just letting it happen and kind of writing off their kids, that is a red flag. That is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Peggy's got some stuff to say about this. I, I at first called it the crazy ex. <laughs> I, I have, I have, yes. I have dated, I have dated men that were the crazy ex, but it does have a negative thing. We're going to call this the difficult ex. And why are we not calling it crazy, Peggy? Because in abusive situations, traditionally, actually in our culture, you'll hear not just in the church, not just in dating situations, you got my crazy, this crazy woman, she was crazy, she was crazy. Well, why is she crazy? And so often the answer is because she is being abused emotionally and psychologically and she doesn't know how to get out of it. And it's, it's, it's really hard. And so she's looking crazy, but she's not crazy. But that term is used specifically for women to dismiss yes. us, yes. to diminish us, yes. the crazy, that crazy woman. Right. Um, that's, that's really important that we don't just start throwing that term around. Right. It is. It is. Cause, and I was like, Ooh, yeah, my bad. But you know, when I, when I talk in dating situations, if somebody, you know, most women will say, Oh, I was married to a narcissist, <laughs> not really knowing what that is. And uh, most men will say my ex was crazy, you know? And so I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, we tend to generalize, but we're not, we're going to talk about the difficult ex because the difficult ex could be Either one. This is the ex that constantly is trying to cause trouble. This is the drama king or the drama queen. They're trying to cause trouble. Okay, so I'm going to say there are a couple situations here. Um, If the person you're dating is always contacting them, 
and then getting yelled at or getting screamed at or getting whatever kicked around. It's like they need to stop and think because when people suffer severe rejection, sometimes they think if they can go back to that person and get approval, that it will take away all the pain of the rejection, right? You've probably run into this, Peggy. So you're talking about the person, let's say the person that you're dating. Yes. Trying to reach back out to their ex. You know, just keeps reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. It's like, they're trying to get some approval. Okay, this is a person that is not healed from this divorce. Absolutely. You know, it's like, why do you set yourself up? It's like Charlie Brown and Lucy. Lucy (laughs) holds that football and Charlie Brown goes for it every single time. And it's like, why are you doing that? It's because they have not healed from this divorce. There are still some issues. So be careful of that. The, The difficult ex can be telling for the person that you are dating. Um, you can learn a lot about it, yes. right? About them, how yes. they're interacting with them, how they're handling yes. it. Um, you know, there's a lot of situations where the exes work together really well. And that, you know, of course, in a perfect world, that's the every, every, every divorce should be that way, right? But there's a lot of people who make it, you know, a lot of one party will make it difficult and it's impossible. But for the most part, the difficult ex, if the person you're dating is in a good place with the ex, they should just be ignored. They shouldn't be in, you should not engage with this person. You should not fight with this person. You should not battle with this person because if they're ignored, literally it's like banging a head against the wall. You think Lucy would stop holding that football if Charlie Brown stopped, you know, stopped going for it, you know, yes, like, let's use sure. this as an analogy, an analogy. So the difficult ex should just be ignored, but it is not your job to tell the person you're dating to do that. It is not your job to train them. So if they're having a problem with the ex and it's a bad situation, just once again, start gathering information. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they just might not be in a really healthy place in that divorce yet. So that is definitely something to watch out for. Can I give a good example of how I, I went out with a guy a couple of years ago who handled his ex very well. Um, he was able to do this because he was financially very well, well off. Um, he had purchased a house for her and she, she, she was, I believe, mentally ill. I believe she'd had a lot of stuff going on and she was blaming him for a lot of things. So what he did is his son and the kids were and knew what was going on. So he had his son take care of her medication and help her and, and reach out to her. And he would, he paid for them for her home and he paid for all of that, but he kept some, he kept a healthy distance from her because, and he didn't let her know about his dating life because he knew that she would come and attack him. So he was able to take care of that in a healthy way. So it's possible. And that said a lot about him, you know, had a lot of respect for him and what he was doing. Yes. So, well, and especially when there's adult kids involved, there's no reason to talk to the ex. Your adult kids can tell you if they've broken their arm or if there's an issue or if they need money for school. There's no reason once the kids are all adult and out of the house to ever have a relationship with that person to accept a text from them even because your adult children can tell you what's going on. So it's just, it's interesting. I've dated too many men who still just let the ex tell them what to do or let the ex really get under their skin. And, um, I'm just going to say it's not a healthy person. They need to be. Yeah, that's a lack of personal boundaries. Yes, they need, even if they have to go to therapy to get some skills to deal with it, they need to be having skills to deal with this person. 
even if they have to, they should be going. That is a priority. Go get some coaching, go yes. get some therapy. Yes. Please don't just talk about it. Don't yes. just keep talking about it. Yes. Take care of this. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Let's talk about finances. Mm. <laughs> finances. Finances. Finances Sometimes. break up a lot of marriages, actually. Um but I think it becomes complicated in dating relationships. Um, well, two reasons. One, um, I dated actually dated a man who loved me, quote unquote, but couldn't marry me, which was funny because I didn't want to marry him anyways, because I made more money than he. Oh. Yeah. Do tell. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't sounds interesting. Be, he didn't want to be Mr. Collier. He thought because I made more money that I would pull all the strings, that he would be my puppet, that he would be my muse, that I that he would have to do everything I said, which if we're talking about two healthy people, that would never happen anyway. No, no, that clearly brought up his stuff. Uh, you know, he yeah, got stuff around that. But, but I, you, before we started here, you were talking to me about you done some research. I want to hear about this. Okay. Um Statistically, when the woman makes more money than the man, or even sometimes when she's more educated, sometimes it does cause a rift in the marriage. And I think the rate was 40%. There's a 40% divorce rate among just because of finances, just because of this aspect of it. And just because honestly, she makes more money than uh, yes. him, and you know what? more educated than him. Men wow. are wired to provide for us and protect us, right? They were the hunters, the gatherers. That's in their wiring. So if you're going to jump into a situation like this, you know, make sure there's a lot of communication involved. You know, you need to make sure that there's two healthy people because statistically, it's it's you know the odds are against you to make this marriage work, and so. You communicate know, how you how you feel, your expectations, yes, yes. what it is that bothers you. That's what you're saying. Communicate, yes, communicate, yes, communicate, communicate. Another aspect of this is from the other side. Um, I have a guy friend whose ex-wife was so lazy that he would come home and take care of the kids and cook and throw wash in and pretty much do everything while she played on her phone or watched TV or whatever during the day. So it's a red flag to him to have a woman not be ambitious, not taking care of herself. Interesting. He will not date a woman living in her parents' basement well until her youngest goes to school. Like he's like, she can work part-time if her parents are upstairs. Anyways, ladies, we do need to be self-sufficient, you know, not just to catch a man, but maybe for our own selves. Well, for our own confidence yes or uh, you know knowing that we can do that that we yes. can yes. make that living we that we're we not the princess in a tower waiting for some guy to rescue us that is not going to be a healthy situation at all you know as romantic as that sounds you know <laughs> <laughs> And again, there's always exceptions to the rule and there's always, yes. you know, people that make these things work out, but there's another, um, it's, it just makes like, it harder, right? It makes it harder. Other things might be complicated. Like, like maybe, maybe the ex is paying, paying for her mortgage or her rent on her house. 
and maybe he, maybe the guy she's dating is out of town and he has to work out of town and comes into town maybe every two weeks he's in town and then out of town or whatever. And he's got a home there. So he's thinking if we get serious and get married, I'm going to have to pay for two mortgages and I'm going to have to be able to provide. And I still got my ex trying to get more money out of me. I mean, those are some, those are some things you need to be aware of. And of course that's a situation where, you know, you get, you're getting more and more serious, but, but those are some financial, you know, like, do they have retirement? Do they have issues come up where they lost all their retirement? Because um, yeah, you have, you have those things as the older you get, the more your health and your finances are a huge deal in these relationships, because those are the things that are going to be, those are two big, big things that happen at towards the, you know, last quarter of our lives on the planet. right? Right. Right. Or third. Yes. Again, this is information gathering and this is a lot of communication. This is a lot of asking questions and, and giving answers. You know, if you're if you're and maybe having some difficult conversations like we talked about yes, in the last, in the last episode, difficult conversations need to happen. You need to figure out how to talk to the person you're dating. If you're talking about marriage, you better know how to communicate with that person. <laughs> That's right. Or you better Can I just also quick. say something here too? I've heard people say that they make, so be, just be self-aware. Are you making these decisions, decisions super fast when you see something, or are you giving someone a chance to gather a little more information? Um, just, you know, think about how you interact in these kinds of situations? Is that the kind of person you want to be? Are you saying no to someone that maybe if you gave them a little more time? I mean, I did that early on and I'm like kind of kicking myself that I did that early on with a particular guy um, that I didn't give him more of a chance. I just said, and I was a health and finances. I said, these are too big, you know, big things for me. And I said, and, and I feel like I didn't give him enough of a chance And, um, so just be aware, you know, don't, you know, if you, if you're a person that jumps to conclusions, maybe that's not a wise thing to do. Maybe you need to give it a little more time. So, yes, Yes. but information gathering and communication, big ones. Okay. Last one. Saving. I particularly have heard multiple things about this one that I, I think this is a fascinating topic. It is. And we'll but go ahead. Up, maybe I should let you introduce it. Yeah, I'm like, we'll is. probably end up doing a whole podcast on this. Um, saving someone. Do you have hero syndrome? And everybody's going, hero what? Syndrome. It's like, do you get into relationships with people that need saving? Okay. Yeah. So you know what? Very complicated. Yeah, you know, I when I started dating, of course, I for for those of you who listen to podcast one, you know that I was married to a guy for 34 years um, that came out as gay and left me to go live a gay life. And besides the fact that he has control issues and all that other stuff. But um, so I was trying to understand as I started dating, what is it about these guys that have been married multiple times? What is going on? And then I find out, including my own brother-in-law, of course, he's now been married for 20 years to my sister, but the first two marriages were very short, but that's part of what he was doing too. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, well, she needed my help. She wanted, you know, and I, I, I felt like I could take care of her. I could save her. I could make this better. And so they marry these girls and then it ends up bad. 
Yes. Because they can't. The, well, the relationship. That was just a wake up. I mean, I just, that was so fascinating to me. That was not the paradigm I came from. No, so it was interesting to no. hear about this. These relationships seldom ever work out. First of all, if let's say, well, my son's in a relationship right now. Um, she expects him to make her happy. And so, of course, they're in a relationship. And so you have all the great relationship hormones. So everybody's happy in the beginning. And he thinks he's happy saving this person. But after a while, she's expecting it. So she's expecting him to make her happy. And when he fails to do so, he's in trouble. But he's got issues. I mean, his dad died by suicide. You know, and so usually people, so he's like, oh, I'm out to save everybody. I'm Mr. Nice. I'm Mr. Wonderful. I can save everybody because I've got issues with my dad's suicide. So most people who are out to save someone, it is not Christ-like to sacrifice no. yourself. It is not well, Christ-like. No, this was not in the plan. You're not the savior. That's not your job. Mm, no. Right. No. And it's not your job to make somebody else happy. And um this just never really, really works out. So be aware if you are the saver, if that's your goal is to go out and save somebody, take a look inside yourself. What is really going on? What is why really, you will find why people to save the and they to will take advantage. And so this is a situation where you need to have a conversation with yourself or a professional. Hey, my last three relationships were girls or guys that I thought I could save. I did the same thing. I couldn't save my husband. I thought I was going to save this bum. I dated him for almost five years, you know, and he was not cooperative in the whole situation. <laughs> you know, I had to find him a job. I had, you know, I mean, this was the, this was the wake up call. This was the wake up call that made me start researching was like, what did I do that for? You know? Yeah. And it's like, why yeah. did I, you know, and I thought I was helping him. It's and, an ego game. You know, it's yeah, an ego he, game. Like he was pushing against it. It's like, man, I don't want to be a functional person. Why are you making me a functional person? I don't want that. You know, it's like, I, but oh my gosh, there's so much you could do. And you're such a great guy. And if we just did this, uh, and if you just took care of this, yeah, and if yeah. I just helped you mm-hmm. with this, and the, I mean, I mean, talking about the financial thing, I've heard of, I've heard of women that that pay for dating a lot. They end up paying yes. for a lot of things for guys. That doesn't work either. No, that doesn't no. work either. And they just take it. It ends up being imbalanced and yes. they end up taking advantage. And there's a lack of boundaries as a lack of respect. And that just will never work. Yes. Not for a healthy relationship anyway. Well, yes. But we're going to talk more about Eventually, that later. Is there more you want that. to well, We will that? Put, take that to pieces and and yes, <laughs> yeah. and because it is I something just, that people should watch out for. You know, when you've had a traumatic experience, a lot of times you become the safe, the savior person. And that's not our right. job. It's not our right. job. Right. And I've had clients where that was the issue with them and they still, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a struggle. Even when you're aware of it, it's a struggle. There are some deep things going on there that you need some support with. So reach out, get help, invest yeah. in yourself invest time, invest your, you know, every way you can to make sure that you, you are careful with these kind of complicated dating situations. And you know what, we all are going to run into it. Yes. So is it workable? Or is it a red flag? I'm going to say that's your own red flag. (laughs) That is your own. (laughs) I actually dated somebody early on. And he was trying to save me. He was trying to save me for I don't know what from but he was a saver. And I was not 
I'm not the person that needs to be saved. Like you'd bring me self-help books and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because, you know, I'm a strong person, whether I whether I made bad dating choices or not, I was definitely a strong, independent person. And so it was just a really interesting dynamic. And he drove me nuts. I mean, we were three or four weeks in and, and, and it was like, I don't know what you're doing. You know, looking back on it, he was trying to save me. Yeah. But he couldn't, you know. And so, yeah, it was just, it, you know, it's just a, not a healthy person, not a healthy person that's trying to save somebody else. Because honestly, it's not our job. Are we supposed to help other people? Yeah. Are we supposed to save other people? We are not. Oh, no. no. We are and not. when you start feeling more stress by what you're doing to try to help the other person because they're not doing it for themselves, that's a big red flag. There, there right it is. There. There's, there it is. there's something that's not working. moment that you, yeah. go, okay, you wait, go, why oh. am I investing more into this person than they are? I care more about that than they do. Yes. Ah, that means that's it. That's, yeah, light bulb, light bulb. Right. So. so, okay. Complicated dating situations. If you have another one that we did not cover, email us, go to our website, date to your potential.com. Find our Facebook page, um, date, to, date your to your potential, a dating discussion page, join our page. Anyways, we're going to start doing some fun things in the new year. Um, anyways, let us know, let us know if there's other complicated dating situations you want to hear about. Cause we're open to more. Thanks, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and subscribe to our channel. Check out our website at datetoyourpotential.com and take our free quiz to see if you are dating to your potential. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.